Hey y'all, what's up? It's Samaya and Olivia. We present to you Rory Tarpley, the podcast edition. Welcome to episode two. Thanks to everyone who voted in our poll on Twitter. Based on the results, today we're going to talk about TV shows, books, movies, and music. And next episode, we'll discuss strength, bravery, and growth. to start things off we'll talk about tv and i figured it'd be great to start with one of our favorite shows that we like to watch together and that's the real housewives of atlanta shout out to nini leaks (laughs) um i love it when i was little i used to watch it with my parents maybe (laughs) i was a little bit too young to be (laughs) watching it but i did but as a 22 year old woman now it is a total different experience looking back at it and We It is a great watch. I love it so much. And I actually recently started watching Real Housewives of Potomac as well. And I shied away from embracing reality TV. But hey, if you don't have any reality TV in your life, consider adding it because I think it was just what I needed during a very stressful time. Yeah. It's um definitely gives a break from our reality and in a good way I think one of my favorite things is the fashion on the show <laughs> and how different it is from our fashion today but like you look at the stuff and you're like oh this is the 2000s you right. know <laughs> like Hallmark so classic for that time period. And one of my favorite things that Nini says is related to um, Lisa's fashion show. <laughs> in season one. Yeah, yes. or season two. Season, oh, season two. Season two, yeah. So Lisa does her fashion show and then they're asking Nini about it and she's like, it was a great first effort. <laughs> and I'm like, how relatable like she's trying so hard to be a good friend but that fashion was not not what anyone was looking for but it was a great first effort between that and Dwight saying a fashion show with no fashions how dreadful how dreadful that's right (laughs) yes at least Lisa had the fashions that's true (laughs) Sheree she by Sheree on the other hand Oof. Oh, boy. I don't know if it ever hit stores, actually. I don't think it did. (laughs) (laughs) To my knowledge, it didn't, but who knows, man. Oh, gosh. Um, So in terms of, like, shade, The Real Housewives is definitely a great show to watch for that. But one thing that I feel like you and I noticed in our other show that we watched, The Crown, is that... um, is that we, or not we, but um, the folks in Britain during the time of Queen Elizabeth II, they could be pretty shady too. Oh yeah, and it's like educated, <laughs> educated shade, like you might miss it. <laughs> right, yeah, we have, we, I like that we watch it with the subtitles on because sometimes I can't keep up with the British accent from the south listen it's <laughs> right <laughs> so we talk a little slower down there and um 
Yeah, so the subtitles definitely help to catch the shade, but man. Shout out to Olivia for bearing with me with subtitles. I don't know if any of you listening, like, need subtitles as well. And I say need, I don't necessarily need them, but I feel like I can't hear without them, although, like, I absolutely can. (laughs) So shout out to TV viewers that use subtitles. Oh, I prefer them. I feel like I'm, like, following along better somehow. It's just, it makes the, the viewing experience easier for whatever reason. So, yes. Um, okay, so besides the shows that we're watching together, what are you watching on your own right now? So, I'm on season three, episode, I believe, 22, which is the reunion part two of The Real Housewives of Potomac. And so, more shade, more drama, and it's a cast of all Black women, mm-hmm. and it's super fun to watch because um, Potomac is in Maryland, which is right yeah. near us, and so some outtakes and scenes are, like, places that I know in D.C. and, like, Virginia and surrounding oh, area, yeah. and so I think that's fun, a different experience from watching Atlanta. Like, I've been there a couple mm-hmm. times, but I recognize these spots more, Right, and it's just great seeing these women and I don't know it's just a fun funny great mindless thing to watch but I also recently watched the home edit and if you're Mm -hmm. listening and you know it I would love your thoughts on maybe I was reading into it too much but maybe Mm -hmm. not but Clea and Joanna like some tension between them but it's an organizing show of two women they do a celebrity's house and then they do a commoner, if you will, oh. just regular folk. And yeah. um, it's been great to watch. Like, it inspired me to get clean and organized. Mm-hmm. Not that I wasn't before, but to take it up a notch, like, yeah. it just makes you feel better. So, this is a plug for some fall cleaning, but mm-hmm. I don't go to the container store like those ladies. And then, In that same vein, I tried a new show related to housing called Million Dollar Beach Houses, but it was not great. I picked up major racist vibes and, like, microaggressions and stuff, and so I was like, I could not do this, and it was based in the Hamptons, and you know, (laughs) well, me as a Southerner, I have a saying that I like to think that most Northerners think they're, like, better than, and, like, their way of life, and when they have experience in a certain area, they're, like, pretentious about it, Mm -hmm. but then adding in the racial dynamic and the bro culture that was there, it was Uh a lot, so Mm. we'll not finish that one, but that's what I'm watching. What are you watching? I am, okay, so I finished House of Cards recently, um, and so then I was looking for something new to watch, and The Great British Baking Show has several different collections, they're not called seasons, collections, and so I started watching a new season of The Great British Baking Show, and then I don't follow the Emmys super closely, but I knew that uh, the show Shit's Creek won several Emmys, So I started watching it, and it is funny. Like, it's, I think, definitely my kind of humor, sort of dry and some good sarcasm. So I'm really enjoying both of those right now. Nice. Um, Yeah, they're great. And I feel like they're both very different. So (laughs) it's a good time. Um, What about movies? Have you seen 
a huge movie person, honestly. Um, <laughs> it's funny because, like, we just entered fall, but the yeah. movie that I most recently watched was a Christmas movie, This Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a classic. I was feeling a bit homesick, and so I yeah. wanted to watch it to, like, remind myself that, like, oh, like, when I'm with my family, I have so much fun. They love me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that was nice to watch. Not seasonally <laughs> appropriate, but whatever. But if I had to pick, like, a favorite movie, yeah. it'd probably be The Cheetah Girls, because honestly, wow. like, forever important to me. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the song Cinderella for making me oh. the feminist I am today before I even yes. realized what that meant. Um, and my good friend group, Jasmine, Grace, and Jordan, shout out to them. We were all, like, one of the Cheetah Girls, and for better or worse, I was Raven, and so Uh (laughs) realizing that made me grow (laughs) as Mm -hmm. a person to know how to be better and, like, what I'm like in a friend group, so it will always be super important to me and probably my favorite. Yeah, I appreciate that. I miss, what about you? I miss old school Disney Channel. But yeah. I know. It's so different now. It is. It, they should call it something else because that's not <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, okay, in terms of like favorite movies, I really like the Dark Knight trilogy. I also really like Despicable Me and like the character development of Gru is so touching and it's very sweet to me. Um, and then recently, I watched this movie called Taxi Driver, and it's from, like, the 70s or 80s, and it's Robert De Niro, but, like, very young, obviously, and it's about his, like, descent into madness, if you will, so it gets a little gory at the end, but it's really, I think it's well written, and also, like, the acting is really good, so I enjoyed it, but for those of y'all that maybe don't like a lot of blood, I would say just, like, skip to the end, um, or, like, skip to close to the end, (laughs) and then skip the end, (laughs) because it gets a little bloody, um, but yeah, so nice TV movies, I guess this brings us to books, okay so what are you currently reading (laughs) I'm laughing because I saw this tweet that said like buying books and reading books are clearly two separate hobbies and I was like yes yes way to call me out and so I made it like a mission to read the books that I purchase but I get so excited when I purchase one that I like start reading it and then I get another one and then I start reading it. And so now I'm currently reading five books at once. So I'm reading Sister Outsider, Hood Feminism, (laughs) Becoming, More Than Enough, and Color of Law. And although they're all obviously different, they're honestly kind of related at the same time. And I'm beautiful way and I think that's nice reading them side by side but also it provides me like a mental escape because some of the books are like more heavier more dense and like just a lot to take in and so Mm -hmm. then I'll read like a more lighter fun read but all of them but one are written written by black women so that's nice Mm -hmm. um and I just 
used to love reading so, so much when I was little that I was like, I need to get back into reading. And so I wanted to start with something that I was like passionate about and interested in (laughs) to ease my way back in. While I'm not reading five right now, I am also reading two, um, two different books right now. So one is called Visionary Women, and it's about four different women who like for their time were way ahead of the times but they didn't like work together or anything they were all um popular for different reasons but the like premise of the book is that unintentionally while they were advocating for change they were like catalysts for a new sort of social movement I guess um so I'm pretty sure all of them were in like were most active and like out and about in the world in the 60s. So a lot of change was happening then. And like, it's sort of a case study on these four women and like the changes that they were helping to make. So I'm reading that one and I've been reading it for a long time. Um, That's okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like, there aren't chapters. There are the sections about the women. So sometimes I'm like, oh man, I got to like get to a certain section, but that takes a long time. So Um, I'm reading that book, Visionary Women. And then the other book I'm reading is called Our Women on the Ground. And it's a collection of essays from women that are journalists in the Arab world. So that book has been really interesting so far because I think that like a lot of the times news on other places is reported by people that aren't from those places. So I think that it's really great that this editor, who is also, like, from that region, um, that she has, you know, published this book with stories being told by people that are from the area that they're reporting on. So that's what I'm currently reading. Nice. And have you recently finished anything? Oh, yes. I feel like I talk about this book a lot, but it's called Three Women by Lisa Tadeo, and it's about three women, <laughs> and <laughs> the, like, the, the lives of the three women as it particularly relates to women's desire, and I really enjoyed reading that book. I actually read it in what I feel like is record time for me because I don't usually read books really quickly, as we can see with my book, Visionary Women, that I've been reading since summer of 2019, but I read Three Women very quickly, and it was, it just, like, got me thinking about a lot of things related to women suppressing desire and women not being able to, like, express their desire, so it was a really good book, a lot of, like, freedom and liberation, which was, I think, very good, and I enjoyed reading about it a lot. And yeah, so that's what I most recently read. What about you? <laughs> uh, other than the Bible and news articles, nothing yes. <laughs> because I had to actually finished something. Um, so stay tuned <laughs> for complete book reviews, but yes. I'm getting back at it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Sometimes I feel like reading comes and goes in waves, you know, like yeah, you have maybe seasons where you're reading more of what you want to read and then other seasons where 
the news cycle or for people that are like still in school, like your semesters are full of reading. And so unfortunately, the pleasure and leisure reading gets pushed to the side a bit, but I definitely feel that like there are seasons for reading, I think that come and go. Right. And I feel like especially with undergrad double majoring in two very reading heavy majors and then transitioning (laughs) into the working world where I have to read very dense information and legislation and like I I can't escape reading and I know I won't based Mm -hmm. on like what I will continue to do based on like my career in life so I'm just trying to ensure that I don't resent it but find the beauty and joy in it that I once had when I was so little like I used to love reading Mm -hmm. I used to go to the library literally every Friday with my mom and so I know that I can get back to that place but (laughs) we're taking baby steps (laughs) that's good though um are there any books in particular on either like your bookshelf or your book wish list that you want to talk about? <laughs> yes. So I, funny, I have a whole list on Amazon because mm-hmm. when I first was like, I'm doing this, I'm getting back into enjoying reading. Right. I made a list of all the things that I want on Amazon. Um, and I'll just highlight a few of them. Um, Our <laughs> Prisons Obsolete and Freedom is a Constant Struggle by Angela Davis. A Black Woman's History of the United States, Lead from the Outside, Stacey Abrams, Mm -hmm. Their Eyes Were Watching God, Zora Neale Hurston, Lies My Teacher Told Me, and Black Feminist Thought, Patricia Hill Collins are a few of the many that I would like to add to my bookshelf. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have me on your list? Yeah. So I recently just went to a bookstore on a whim, and that's where I got the book Three Women, and the book I'm currently reading are Women on the Ground, and I really liked that experience of sort of, like, letting the books find me, but there are lots of books that have come out recently that I do want to read, Um, and I'm also trying to get through a couple that are on my shelf right now, and one that I'm really looking forward to reading is, it's actually like a mystery sort of historical fiction situation so it's set I'm pretty sure in the 1920s and the book Dracula has just come out so like the main character is worried that there are vampires around and I think that it just sounds like something I've never taken the time to read before and also very different from like anything that I have read or like things that I see on social media so I'm looking forward to reading that and then on the book wish list honestly like if people just started gifting me books I think that I'd be pleased because there are so many things to read and so many things that I know that I'm not even aware of right now so I feel like the book wish list is definitely the harder of the two questions for me but if anyone has recommendations let me know and I'm going to start making an actual physical wish list to start to check off so love it love it okay so tv movies books this takes us to music oh yeah yes um i <laughs> go ahead yeah 
Okay. Go for Um, it. I was just going to start by saying, like, I would never describe myself as a big music person. Mm -hmm. However, I think as of lately, as of late, as of lately, something like one of them recently, Recently, (laughs) since Corona, Mm -hmm. I've been listening to music more and I think my relationship with music has changed in a dramatic way because music used to distract me and like honestly stress me out if it was going on in the background of me doing a task I couldn't like focus but now like I feel like I need it like I need constant sounds I need constant noise and I found this quote about music and it really stuck with me because I was like, yeah, this is exactly it. It said, some days I need the music and some days I need the lyrics. Oh, and wow. <laughs> that's me all day. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Sorry. Um, so I think for me, music means a lot more to me than what it used to. But I recognize that I was probably already in the minority in the sense that it didn't mean that much to me to begin with. Mm-hmm. So what does music mean to you? Yeah, I so I noticed recently that I was listening to music really passively. So just like having it on to have something on. And I do think that's okay. But I know that a lot goes into making music while I am not a musician or an artist by any stretch of the imagination. I do recognize that like this is the art that someone took time to produce. And so with that, I've been trying to listen more actively because I think that music can be really moving and transformational. And I think that in my life, it it plays a really large role. When I was younger though, I would just like put on the top 40 And it was, you know, that was what I was listening to. But that music, at least for me, I don't think that it described my personality as much or like had the sound that I like. Um, I mean, I enjoyed what I listened to, but as a kid, I feel like you listen to what your friends listen to most of the times. And so as I got like into high school and college, I felt like I was finding songs and bands and artists that were more descriptive of who I am. And in a way, like through their music, um, I could sort of describe myself with the sound. So I think that I definitely agree with you that my music, like my relationship to music has changed over time. And there are a lot of people out there that are creating and I think that it's really fun to find a new artist and especially so like on Spotify you can see the amount of people that follow and listen to an artist and my favorite thing is when I find someone with like under 500,000 followers because I feel like you know that means they're like a bit more like niche and maybe underground if you will so I think that that's always cool it feels like a sort of like a treasure hunt and then like the new artists and the new music is the treasure that you find yeah I I agree I 
well, I don't know if I found her because Twitter found her and I found it on Twitter, but mm-hmm. there's this new artist, Equatia, that I found that I talked about last podcast and I followed her on her personal Twitter, which mm-hmm. like now is turning into her music Twitter, which is mm-hmm. cool to see. Yeah. And I agree, like finding people with, you know, not as huge of a following, it's like you get to be a part of a special little yeah. group. It's like a unique experience. So mm-hmm. I can relate to that. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun thing, and I feel like it sort of alleviates the stress of reality when you can have fun and appreciate the music instead of it being something that's stressful. Um, I will say, though, speaking of stress and music, if there's one or two kinds of music that just aren't for me, and this is like if any of our listeners love these kinds of music, I support them and I affirm them. But like Screamo and Heavy Metal Man, Oof. it's just a little stressful for me. Yeah, punk rock, Screamo, all that. It, I call it headache music and I respect the art, but it's headache music for me because I get headaches. Mm-hmm. And I just, my senses are overloaded. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. But I recognize, you know, we all like different things. And so there's people that like it, but I am not one. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Some people do. And again, supporting and affirming all of you, but from a distance um, <laughs> for, for a lot of reasons, <laughs> for pandemic related right. reasons from afar, but also because... It is not my favorite. Um, It's really funny. I was talking with someone recently about music, and they told me about this mashup with Slipknot and Justin Bieber, and they said that they listened to it ironically, (laughs) and I listened to it. It was really entertaining. Y'all, if you need some entertainment, go look this up. It's, like I said, a mashup between Slipknot and Justin Bieber, I'm sure it'll be the first thing that pops up. What a listen that was. <laughs> it was a journey. It was a journey for sure. Speaking of journeys, I think an interesting journey we've all been on on our Twitter timelines lately is this concept of whether or not we can separate art from the artist. So, you know, the actor from the show, because we've talked about TV shows or the actress from the movie, because we've talked about movies or the author from the book, because we've talked about books. And so it's the hotly contested, hotly debated concept of cancel culture and can it be done? Yeah. That is a big question, and I think that I'll preface this by saying it is complex, and there are a lot of different things that go into it, but, okay, so when I was still an undergrad in one of my women's gender and sexuality studies classes, I read this article, and I'll have to, like, link it for y'all or something if you're interested, but it was about calling people in instead of calling people out. So this is like related to cancel culture because like people get called out and then 
I think the canceling happens after that. But um, calling in and that like idea is centered in really in love and in um, community building and like enriching communities. So if someone says something problematic or does something problematic, the suggestion is that if they're willing to be called in and someone is willing to call them in and is like in a space to do that, um, the calling in can lead to a better understanding and um, more, more deep relationships. So the, the point is that like learning takes place and transformation takes place. So I think that that's something that I think a lot about is a lot of people do things and say things that are harmful and if they're willing to learn and the other party is in a place to extend forgiveness then I think that that can lead to a a, a positive change and, a, and it can be a positive interaction. That being said, some people aren't willing to accept fault and they're not willing to be responsible for their words and their actions. So I think that that is definitely where things get more tricky. But I will say that if someone has done something harmful and there's any type of controversy around that, I think it's always important to believe the person that was a victim in a situation. Um, but those are some of my initial thoughts. What are, what are you thinking on this? Yeah, I think you made a really lot of great points, especially this concept of calling in versus calling out. Mm -hmm. Um, and going back to the, one of the first questions is, can you separate the art from the artist? And I say no, because when you support the art, you're supporting the artist. And so that money that's going towards buying that book, buying that album, buying that song, buying whatever you may be buying is supporting that person in turn. And so I think we have to be honest about that. And, you know, I say that as someone who shops at Amazon and people may say, Mm -hmm. that's hypocritical. So I'm recognizing that and putting that out there. Um, but this concept of cancel culture is interesting to me because it's mostly playing out online on Twitter. And I think there's a lot happening at once. And one side of it is that people are finally being able to name the harm that has been caused. They're able to speak out for the first time. They're able to say, wait, this happened and this was wrong. Mm -hmm. People are recognizing that, wait, there are people that care about me, and if I say something about it, they will embrace me and hold this person accountable. So I think, you know, that's a net positive. But then I think there's also something else happening there where people are against cancel culture because they want to escape accountability. And I don't think that's productive because, as you mentioned earlier, it's important to learn. And I think it has to be through, like, a lens of restorative justice. Yeah. And without that at the heart of it, it won't be productive. It'll just be 
another harm within itself because especially as a person of faith forgiveness is so important and so I think about the things that I have done over the course of my life that have made quote-unquote led me to be canceled and I don't want that but I also recognize that I had to learn I had to grow I had to own up to what I did wrong and there are some people who are not willing to do that so I think in the face of them of them being unwilling to do that we have a responsibility to respond accordingly and say, okay, you can't be a part of my community with that kind of mindset. You're not getting my money with that kind of mindset. And I won't enable this harm and this abuse and this problematic dynamic to continue to go on. But I think, unfortunately, there are a lot of people who are know-it-alls, who knew it since the day they came out of the womb, who never will ever do anything wrong who always have the right opinion and they don't extend grace to others and they're just out to be mean to go viral and to make a point and I think that's harmful and I don't think that's good but I recognize that Twitter is a place where people seem to forget that two things can be true at once and there's a lot of either or instead of both and and I think as you mentioned there's a lot of nuance I think the question of can it be done isn't necessarily yes or no because the methodology is so varied. But even we define as cancel culture is varied. What do we define as Mm -hmm. cancellation is varied. What do we define as an appropriate apology or what are the corrective steps that a person can take once they are called in or called out? So I think it's an important topic and we can't avoid it. But I do think it's been co-opted to be something largely negative. And I think that there is some positive that can come from it. But I think, again, I think these conversations play out better in real life and not online or either just verbalized. And I think, you know, me and you know each other. We have Mm -hmm. a care for one another, a love for one another. And online they're strangers and there's typically not that commonality. So I think there's a lot that goes into it. I think so, too. Um, Something that I heard recently was related to community and dialogue and how, I'm not explaining this great, but I think the simplified version of what I heard was that, like, dialogue between two people sort of implies a pre-existing relationship of, like, listening and receiving. And I think that getting back to sort of one of the points that you made is that a lot of these conversations are happening online with people that are not related to each other or have any type of rapport or community established. And so I think that that's where it can become more difficult because like you said, like you and I can hash these things out and with our other friends talk about the implications and what it means to um, cancel and call out and call in, but there is no agreed upon definition and there are so many different ways to do things. And, um, it is just, it's a complex issue for sure. And if anyone else has any thoughts, if anyone listening, if you want to like tweet us or send us a private message on one of our apps we would love to hear from you because I think this is a conversation that we'll probably be having for a while 
as a society and especially as young people that are on the different social media platforms? Yeah, and with uh, the current occupant, I will not use any other word, the current occupant of the White House, um, labeling things that are not in his favor or don't shed the light he likes on certain topics Mm -hmm. and the media reporting those and highlighting racist and misogynist and all the things out there just because you get upset that those things are being put out there that's not cancel culture and so let's just be really clear on that because I think we can talk about what it is and isn't all day long right but cancel culture is not people reporting facts you said this that is a fact and I think how people go about it can be bad and can be you know, misconstrued to mm-hmm. lead to a lot of paths. But I think we have to be sensitive to the fact that we don't want to live in a state where we're just getting propaganda, where we right. can't have different opinions. And I think the yeah. beauty of us is that we do think differently. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, social media has made us feel bad if we don't think exactly like the trending thoughts of the day or like the yeah. most vocal people. But we have to remember that on these platforms is just a really small segment of the true population. And so when you go on there, like maintain what you think. Something I like to joke around and say is like, if Twitter went away for a day, I would love to see what ground people would have to stand on. Mm -hmm. My mom always taught me stand for something or fall for anything. And I think people are just falling for literally whatever tweet is out there. And that's not a good look. Like, what do you believe and why? And again, a lot of what I believe and why is rooted in my faith. And at the end of the day, forgiveness and love and justice is Mm -hmm. the core tenets of it. And so, you know, that may be me revisiting this topic and saying like, oh, wait, I actually don't agree with this component of it, but I do agree with this. Or I maintain that I feel this way because I see it in this way. But I think at the end of the day, what do you think and why and is it rooted in something that is just and loving and kind Mm -hmm. is the biggest question there because we just all have to recognize that we're human and deserving of love and respect and what's so upsetting is that there's a debate over who is valued who deserves these things who is worthy and I think when we determine that black women or when we determine that women or when we determine that disabled people don't deserve certain things and so therefore the person that has caused the harm shouldn't be canceled that's a whole nother conversation yeah for sure i think we might have gotten ourselves into some topics for future weeks because (laughs) there are as we've said a lot of nuances and a lot of different points of view on these topics and a whole lot more we could say about the things that we've already talked about. So y'all definitely write to us or drop us a line somehow and we can yes. keep the conversation going because I think that these are important things to talk about and important conversations to have for ultimately the sake of growth and the sake of learning. So I agree. I'm glad we could unpack it. Even a little bit more. Oh, yeah. So, 
I think this brings us to our five rapid fire questions for the episode. Okay, are you ready for today's five rapid fire questions? Ready or not, they're coming, so (laughs) I guess I'm ready. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, first question. What is your favorite part about fall? Maybe it makes me super basic, but pumpkin spice latte. Hey, like what you like. I support it. Spotify or Apple Music? Apple Music. Netflix or Hulu? Ooh. I feel like Hulu lately, actually. Word. I'll have to check out some more Hulu. Um, Do you have a favorite accessory? I feel naked if I don't have on earrings. (laughs) Like, I'm like, I'm ugly. I need them. Big hoops. I have actually this. Okay, I know this is be rapid fire, but I feel like I have to share this. One yeah. of my, my favorite memories with you is like we were having a really bad day, <laughs> and so we just like stopped everything and we went to kioscos and like we had some awesome Mexican, and then we went to get our ears pierced <laughs> at I think Tattoo Girls question mark. Yeah, we did. And then we went shopping for a long, long time and spent a lot, a lot of money. And then we just hung out and I have a second ear piercing and I had a cartilage piercing, but I need at least two earrings in both of my ears to feel okay with my life. So I just had to put that out there. Sorry, it wasn't rapid. (laughs) Okay. That was a good day. That's a very good memory. I'm glad you shared. Um, Okay, last but not least, and our staple question, what is a quote that you want to leave people with? Yes, so I'm excited to share this one, and I've been thinking on it for a while now, but I think it's extremely relevant, especially as of lately. Mm-hmm. Where the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house. They may allow us to temporarily beat him at his own game, but they will never enable us to bring about genuine change. And this fact is only threatening to those women who still define the master's house as their only source of support, Audrey Lord. Hmm. Yes. And now it's your turn. Okay. What's your favorite part of the fall? My favorite part is the colder weather. Not me. I like to be cozy and warm, but I know you like it, so I'm happy for you. (laughs) Spotify or Apple Music? Spotify. Netflix or Hulu? I'm going to say Netflix for shows, but Hulu for movies. That might be Mm. cheating on the question, but... Yeah, it's a good good answer. (laughs) And do you have a favorite accessory? I, that's a great question. So I also would have to say probably earrings, but I recently, well, like before quarantine at least, got really into belts and just, I always liked to have a belt on. Um, Yeah. So I actually, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe I'll grow my belt collection. Nice. Yeah. That's a fashion queen for you. Oh, wow. Thanks. (laughs) And last but not least with our stable question, what's a quote you want to leave everyone with? Okay, so this is not a quote that people would necessarily be able to find online, I don't think. Um, So I did an interview for a newsletter that I'm writing as part of my grad assistantship, and I interviewed someone that has a lot of experience in nonprofits. So like this quote from them, her name is Liz Ryan, and it's specifically in the context of like, 
advice to folks that want to start a nonprofit, but it really struck me. And so I wanted to share it as just like a general quote for life. So what she told me was, don't be bound by what exists now. Just because it doesn't exist now doesn't mean that it couldn't. Ooh. Yes. And her name is Liz Ryan. She's a professor at American, and she also runs a nonprofit. On that note, that's Rory Tarfley, the podcast edition. I'm Samaya. I'm Olivia. We're back October 15th. In the meantime, make sure to follow us on social media at Rory Tarpley. Like, comment, subscribe, and share. But most importantly, please let us know your thoughts. Bye. Bye, y'all.